This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Have you ever wondered what it's like to bite into Nerds gummy clusters? They're fruity. They're tangy. They're gummy. And they're crunchy. Nerds Gummy Clusters, a union of fruity sweet gummy and tangy crunchy nerds. Unleash your senses. Shop now at nerdscandy.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 175. This week, Gardner's World editor Lucy Hall returns to the podcast to talk about all the ways you can continue to enjoy your garden in winter, from pruning and planting to help and protect your garden wildlife. So welcome back to the podcast, Lucy Hall, editor of Gardener's World. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. Yeah, hey, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about a year ago. Yeah, and we so... talked about quince yes. and everyone went wild about it. They loved hearing about it. So I thought I'd get you back on because for a purely selfish reason, which is I've just got my first ever garden that I own. So Brilliant. I'm invested Brilliant. in it now, <laughs> invested. Um, and I was looking around uh, for, you know, I've just moved in. It's coming up to winter, freezing weather's coming. And um, I was thinking, well, what can I do? Can I do anything now to get, um, to get ahead before spring? spring and and I came across Gardener's World website where there's so much fascinating stuff but there was a, an article called um, how to prepare your garden for winter and what you can do in the garden and I thought all right that's brilliant let's get Lucy on to talk about it. Um, so basically winters it, it's a dormant time for plants what what does that mean what yeah. is dormancy do they just go into kind of suspended animation and just they they do yes I mean I guess I will take a step back and I mean most if you get really get into gardening and yeah. I bet you will <laughs> I bet you will um because it's such a sort of tactile thing you know yeah. there's so many people getting into gardening now and I think probably lots of people like you who yeah. are maybe at the end of their first year they've had a summer in the garden it's been a pretty good year for yeah. gardening actually the weather's been damp enough to make things grow as well yeah. as warm enough okay. so you know I think lots of people have had successes. Yeah. So it's really, okay, what's happening now? Yeah. And the clocks have changed. That is a real shift, you know, um, for us. But actually for plants, you know, it's still the same out there. But it's the, <laughs> it's the falling temperatures as well as falling light. Okay, That does bring lots of plants down into this kind of, it's a bit like suspended animation. Yeah. Um, really, cells are kind of shutting down. Okay. 
they're putting up their defence mechanisms, really, against things like the frost that's starting to kind of ripple all around the country right now. And cells, I mean, it all comes down to a bit of, bit of botany. Watch yeah, out, okay. folks. Here comes the botany <laughs> hour. But lots of things. Now, particularly, and we're going to talk about roots. Yes. But a lot of plants will have cells which are full of starches and sugars. Okay. Sugars are the defense mechanism, really, uh, for lots of root plant, rooted plants okay. uh, against frost. So it's like a natural antifreeze. Oh, and the benefit for us is that suddenly things taste sweeter. Oh, so they actually turn sweet with so, the yeah. cold. So, in a, so a kind of like carrots, parsnips, any, any celeriacs, any kind of any rooted plants. Yeah. They'll generally turn those starches into sugars, which means, and that's that's a trigger against, triggered by temperature, against the risk of frost damage and ice damage. Because it's all to do with water in the cells. Yeah. If that water freezes, it bursts the cells. Plants, that's that's when you see plants that are oh. killed by frost. It's really the cell damage yeah. because the water within the plants essentially has frozen and the cells can't remake themselves. Um, but they use starches and sugars as a yeah. sugars as a way of converting stopping that starch it, and stopping into sugar. freezing completely. Because I know if you put yeah. too much sugar in a in an ice cream or whatever, it won't freeze That's like right. sugar syrup. So they're kind of doing the same thing. Of course, perfect analogy. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing exactly the same thing. So those plants are using sugars as a sort of as a bulking agent, really, to sort of to to strengthen the cells and protect themselves against. Frost. And is that and so, where the first frost thing comes from? Because I keep hearing first frost. Yes. People saying, don't harvest your carrot until first frost. Well, I mean, so you when your carrot tastes... But that's that's yeah, exactly it. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the theory behind the whole idea about yeah. roots. And actually brassicas too. So Brussels sprouts okay. will become oh, slightly yeah, sweeter. Yeah. Kales. Um, that's that's the theory behind... That's that's what's behind that kind of whole concept of like, oh. don't don't harvest until the frost come along. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't... If you're hungry, hey, go for it. But uh, um, I'll be saying that next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, on all sorts of plants really go into dormancy. So you'll see leaves falling off trees and that's dormancy c- taking effect. Oh. That's them shedding things. That, you know, they don't need to take up water. Mm. Uh, they just, they sort of slowly contract back into themselves. Yeah. Now, those plants are still rooting, so they're still alive. You just can't see them. They just go into this sort of state of... Uh, hibernation. Sort of hibernation, yeah. And it's really, again, it's a protection against yeah. um, against the weather. There's lots of evergreens out there, so they will slow down rather than shut down. Okay. And the thing is to not think about the plants as being dead. They're just sort of in a suspended yeah, animation, a bit of sleep. for something to come and warm yeah. them up and get them all, like, happy again. So the worst thing to do is to forget to water something. Oh, really? So, you yeah. know, um, so I'm lucky enough I've got a greenhouse. Okay. And um, some people do, some people don't. If you've got a greenhouse, it helps a lot during the winter. But uh, it's not the only way, way to get things like, say, a bay tree. If you've got a lovely bay in a yeah. pot, that is at risk in frosty conditions. Because, so you take them inside? Or so well, you, if you don't have anywhere come. to take them inside, you can just wrap them in something like some oh, fleece like a little blanket exactly exactly <laughs> so you get yourself down to the garden centre and get some EnviroMesh or some horticultural yeah. fleece and then you wrap it and you don't just wrap the plant you actually wrap the pot because it's sometimes it's those roots that are yeah. the most at risk because if you think about it a pot will obviously have soil in it yeah. it'll have been watered to keep it alive the water in a pot will also expand and freeze with, yeah, with, with ice coming along so so Potted, so generally, you've just got to think about your potted plants are more at risk than those in the ground. In the ground, the ones in the ground are a little bit hardier, I guess. The ones in the ground are actually protected by the blanket of soil. So yeah, actually, you know, if you put your hand, yeah. It's not, yeah, if you put your hand in the soil, it's amazing yeah. how warm it is in the winter. Yeah, um, and really, it's only the top sort of few inches that really kind of get that frosty crust on them yeah. when you get really hard weather. Um, but and when the roots are really deep down there, and a lot of, of the roots fairly. 
insulated. Exactly. It's a natural insulation. Yeah. Whereas whereas in a pot, you've obviously got sides. Yeah. Uh, you've obviously not got so much material, so much volume, so much density. And mm. so, yeah, it's um, they're much more vulnerable. Um, but it's, uh, you know, listen, winter, um, for me, I mean, I think winter is a sort of really, autumn into winter is a real secret garden time. If right. you if you love your gardening, <laughs> I think there is so much to do in it. I was going to say, yeah. what, what can what what can we do to get out there and do what is there work to be done in oh, the yeah. garden? Definitely, definitely. There's all sorts of, well, I mean, the first thing is, I mean, you're, if you've got a veg garden, you're yep. probably still harvesting. Right. And that's the brilliant thing is, is because, well, it's those roots that we talked about. Yeah. Delicious. You know, this is the prime time. But you're also probably still sort of mopping up a few things like pumpkins that hopefully before the frost strike, you harvest your pumpkins. Um, But make sure that you've got all of those things in. But actually, then there's things like herbs, like rosemary and... Oh, like the hardy herbs. The hardy herbs. They're still giving you loads of good flavour. You can still sort of crop those. I mean, I've got... um, I've got a huge bed of parsley, actually... I like parsley, don't love it, but I've I've kind of I just There's ended only up so with, much you can do with it, I isn't know, there? there is, there is. But it's just it's the one thing on my veg patch that's yeah. still looking amazingly really? green. And I and it'll stay all the way through winter if I put a bit of um fleece over it. Fleece so over it. and and it's that's literally just a sort of like a woven, light woven kind of fabric you get from a garden centre. Yeah. And you literally lay it over it. Wow. I mean you can put it you can put hoops over yeah. crops and you can lay the fleece over it. But to be honest, it's very simple. Just lay it over it yeah. and it'll protect it from all the worst of, you know, cool. rain, hail, snow, uh, ice, yeah. all those sort of things. So apart from the you know the the harvesting and the maintaining. What are we are we like cutting things back as well? I mm-hmm. mean, do things is is pruning? Does that happen all year, or yeah, is it just a wintery yeah. thing? No, it, so prune, pruning is a summer and a winter thing, right? Okay. Um, in, uh, yeah, you can prune all year round, but the kind of key times are, are summer and winter. Okay. And you prune in winter for a very specific purpose. Okay. So okay, so what are the things you'd be pruning? Um, fruit trees yeah. are a classic thing. Um, but actually any sort of shrubs. I mean, that bay tree I've mentioned, you know, it's, you, you might be thinking, when do I prune that? Um, funnily enough, you don't do that in winter. You save that. So that what you um, are pruning in winter are those woody plants that have lost their lost their lost leaves. Lost their leaves and fruit, I guess. And Exactly. And so there they are. They've gone into dormancy. Yeah. And if you've had a plant that maybe hasn't performed that well this year, mm-hmm. so it's been a bit sluggish, yeah. if you prune it in winter, it'll really regenerate in winter. And again, it's all back to botany again. It's all Amazing. to do with uh, the kind of the, the the energy of the plant. Yeah. If you cut something back hard um, in winter, yeah. it will regenerate, it will regenerate really strongly itself. from that point. Because it's kind of reaching to, um, you know, re-establish itself, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about the kind of the, the, the you know, the, the natural energy of the plant yeah. is really powered up and ready to go in the spring. And if you've cut it back hard, mm. uh, then it bursts out from that point. Amazing. So you think about sort of summer and pruner, uh, winter pruning as two separate things. So, yeah. so winter pruning is for really regenerative growth. Okay. Uh, and in the summer, I tend to use that time to prune things back to keep them in shape. Right. So it's more kind of keeping it in shape so it doesn't get kind of completely out of control. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the winter, it's really pruning back to power up the energy of that yeah. plant. And I know you guys have got, because I've, I've actually been on the web, in the name of research, I spent Excellent. a little time on the website this afternoon, God, goddesworld.com. That's the one. Right. Yeah. 
some great videos on there yeah. showing you if if you're a novice like me and I'm, I'm panicking at the idea of hard pruning what does it mean how where, how far do I have to go there's actually a video that'll show you exactly what to do exactly so I love that yeah 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 so now we've got lots Prun- pruning is a bit of a you know it's an art and a science so um it's definitely worth getting some pictures in front of yes. you so either look for some step-by-step pictures uh you know I mean you know Mr Google is our friend here yeah. but yeah garnerswell.com we've got lots of lots of or I can advice. email you can with you my could, pictures you could, you could, you could email me <laughs> <laughs> so if I, if for example, it doesn't seem like winter would be a time to plant, but can you plant if I wanted like some flashes of colour in the garden to cheer me up because it's miserable? Is are, are there things I can plant in the winter? Well, because the great thing is, is uh, here we are talking now. Uh, yeah. We've got you know, so autumn is is all around us, yeah, and yeah, autumn yeah. is a brilliant time. Autumn yeah. is like the new spring. Yeah. And so, and what do we mean by that? We mean well, because everyone thinks that they should be planting in springtime, but actually, autumn's a brilliant oh. time to plant things. It's still plant. soft enough to get in, and soft, and the and the soil is warm. So yeah. you know, I said if you put your hand into the soil yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, warm yeah. well it stays warm right the way through much longer than you'd expect yeah so we might feel that air temperature outside has been really cold yeah you think, oh god you know it's down to a couple of degrees <laughs> oh that's horrible but actually the soil takes a lot longer to cool down so it's a brilliant time to plant because there's moisture in the soil mm. uh, with our autumn rain and there's still temperature uh, the right temperature in the soil so it's yeah. again brilliant time to plant so you're planting things you can plant shrubs you can plant bulbs you can plant um Fruit trees, you can plant any sort of tree, wow. really. So it's a brilliant time to be thinking, what fruit trees would you, yeah. what, what fruit would you love to eat next year? And now, you know, browse the catalogues and get planting. Because yeah. winter's also a great time to plant because you can buy bare root plants. Oh, yeah, so, I was reading about yeah. bare root. What does that mean? Well, it literally means the plant arrives through the post with okay. no really? soil on its roots. Okay. And so there's lots of nurseries out there all around the all around the country, and they've got fields and fields of fruit trees growing. Yeah. They grow it like a crop, and then if you put an order through, they're going to dig it up from the field wow. because that tree will be in dormancy, so yeah. it's much more robust. It's much oh, easier to move and stick in a bag and bung in the post. It's not going to get upset because it's already no, asleep. exactly, because, you know, obviously you need to kind of get it into yeah. the ground when you can but because it's dormant it's yeah. much more sort of robust and much more tolerant of being moved all around the country and um, yeah so you can just dig it in and put it back in the ground again and, and wait for it to wake up and it'll gradually, gradually kind of wake up and as the, as the temperature changes so it's perfect 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 time to, seems to really plant. sneaky like doing it in the midst of you know when it's, it's like, asleep it moving wasn't it. looking <laughs> yeah, exactly. now look where it's woken it's up look where garden. it is I love that idea yeah yeah so it's a brilliant time and it's much cheaper I mean it's a much cheaper way of buying your fruit or tree. You know, so you can plant raspberries, uh, raspberry canes. They I love this again idea. are great in the winter time when they're dormant. You can just yeah. put in. They come looking like really, un, you know, really uninspiring sticks. You think yeah. I'll never get anything off that. <laughs> Stick them in the ground. Wait a few months. Bosh! Yeah. Suddenly, all that growth comes out. <laughs> and then, so the things to be planting right now would be yeah. sort of autumn, um, uh, autumn fruiting raspberries, autumn fruit and raspberries, which I love because they're the lowest maintenance fruit that there is virtually, that and they're delicious. <laughs> and you just keep picking away, and you really don't need to sort of look after them that much. Yeah. And your biggest competitor is the is blackbirds. Who also love raspberries. Yeah. So, um, but hey, you know, plant enough, then you've got some for them and some for you as well. Yeah. But so, if you know, so like if you've got a new garden or yeah. an allotment or somewhere where you don't have any fruit at the moment, mm-hmm. look to plant ideally two apples. And I know that that sounds quite tough. You think, oh, have I got space for that? But this is all to do with pollination. Okay. You'll improve your pollination rate if you can put two apples in, which flower more or less at the same time. 
Mm. And it's all about cross-pollination. It's all about attracting in bumblebees and, and solitary how big, bees. How big do the apple trees grow? In, ah, well, you can... Someone's can developed this really okay. clever way of <laughs> growing fruit on rootstocks. And so you can literally have something growing maybe uh, a metre, two metres. Wow, so you don't... So the smallest gonna, yeah. rootstock, you know, you can you can have a really tiny bush or yeah. you can you can grow a massive orchard tree. Because I know some people might get a bit nervous that they're planting something and they're going to have some huge triffid in their garden within a couple of years. Yeah. But, but you can actually control the... You can control the size of the tree. So trees effectively, or any any tree you buy commercially, are grafted. So they're grafted onto a root stock, which is basically the stem and the roots. Okay. And the stem and roots dictate the size of the plant. And then the top bit, which is the sort of, you know, the yeah. Braeburns, the, yeah. you know, the Cox's Orange Pippin or whatever, yeah, yeah. the, the flavoured <laughs> bit on top, that's the flavour. So you put the two of them together. That's, this is yeah. the art of the nurseryman, nurseryman. grafting these yeah. plants. I mean, it's amazing historic, ancient sort of technique that yeah. goes way back and goes all the way around the world, you know. Uh, all around the world, people are doing this amazing kind of grafting. Uh, and then it pops up in our garden and you can grow what you want to the size that you want it. That's the amazing thing. And so that, would that you don't need to be worried yeah. about, you know, a massive tree. And would that literally be one of the things you talked about that you could order through the post yeah. and they sent you, they'd send you an apple tree? Exactly, apple tree on a rootstock that suits you. So This is incredible. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're, amazing, they're amazing. I mean, fewer, there are fewer and fewer specialist nurseries out there, which is a real shame, but mm, there's some incredible... We need to encourage it, I guess. You really do. I yeah. mean, going to... You can go to any garden centre and buy something that they happen to have there, yeah. you know, there and then, that's fine. Then it's quick, easy, yeah. take a home plant at Bosch, job done. But These mostly, specialists. if you can go to a specialist, you yeah. can really get a massive selection of, of apples or pears or whatever fruit Fantastic. you want to plant. And then you can think about growing locally. Yeah. And you can think about growing a plant that um, you just can't buy in the shops. Amazing. So, yeah, all these wonderful things kind of, you know, this is the great thing about fireside browsing of, yeah. the, of the internet. <laughs> is like because it unlocks all these amazing specialists who yeah. suddenly got themselves a marketplace. Yeah. And actually, that's the great thing now. Okay, there are fewer specialist nurseries than there used to be, yeah. but they've now got access to massive markets. And autumn is the time to look. Now is the time to go browsing. Okay. Try and place an order in the next sort of, you know, three or four I'm weeks. Gonna, it's my birthday in December so I might buy myself a little apple tree I would do that yeah. <laughs> or, or ask for one there are so many nurseries out there who, and they'll all have details about rootstocks so yeah. again so just don't forget so there's two things what do I want it to taste like okay. how big do I want that plant to go okay. and then there you go you've got all you need to you go, need to know. go plant yourself a delicious love apple it. or pear I love um, yeah love, so, I love fruit yeah, as you can tell I love it stick around to hear more winter gardening tips from Gardener's World editor Lucy Hall And we were talking about um, those plants in, in terms of pollination and wildlife. We just talked briefly about, um, because I know wildlife do suffer in the winter months, a lot of them do. I, I mean, what, what are the practical things we can do to, mm. I was reading about, um, you know, uh, frogs like to get into tiny, tiny little spaces and go to sleep. And um, what, what sort of other things can we do to make make a home for our, our yeah. little wildlife friends? Uh, well, also, I mean, so November is a really, you know, October into November is a great time to be thinking about hibernation. So okay. lots of things will hibernate and they'll hibernate in your garden and you might even never see them. So it's all the things, you know, in the food chain, which yeah. are these sort of insects and vertebrates oh. and tiny, you know, invertebrates and, you know, yeah. beetles and the tiny kind of stuff that lives in leaf litter. Yeah. You know, so it's the first thing really is is the biggest scourge of the wildlife 
future or wildlife gardening yeah. is actually what's called the big autumn tidy up. Oh, and it's really? that classic oh, right, okay. old school gardening, which yeah. means tidy everything away, clear the soil, cut everything down, you know, burn it. And actually gardening these days is just not about that. Okay. It's about it's about making your garden a kind of habitat where you interact with wildlife and wildlife gives you as much as you yeah. give it. And so it's about leaving leaf litter, as okay. you call it. It's about leaving leaves on borders. Okay, take them off. If you've got a, if you've got a lawn, sweep them up yeah. and collect the leaves and turn them into amazing stuff called leaf mold. So you make you make a you make a kind of like a, a box, a bay, a bay, yeah. whatever, uh, and you store or you store leaves mm. and they rot down and they give you the most natural soil conditioner. That's fantastic, and yeah. it's for free. I mean, I I bag mine up really unglamorous. I I sweep up all my leaves and I bag them in t- off the lawn and I yeah. bag them in a black bin bag, and I puncture it so water gets yeah. in and air and I chuck it behind my greenhouse where I can't see it. Yeah. and it rots for a year. And then you just use you open it. up the bag and suddenly, bosh, you've got the most amazing soil conditioner. And, that, that I, and about this time of year, I take last year's leaf mold out and I scatter it around yeah. plants that are sort of dying back. So so that's. But what I'm not doing is I'm not taking off my border. I'm leaving leaves on the border. So anything that's naturally living has got, A, a little bit of a blanket, and yeah. B, they've got somewhere to live and hide. Yeah. And and effectively, you know, go to sleep and go to hibernation. Do you leave food out or anything? Because I, I was remembering that, because um, I know like there's calorie-rich foods that they need, like nuts and suet and sunflower seeds. My grandma used to feed the birds bacon rind. Oh, like, yes. Bacon rind. Yes. Sure, it was good for them, because it's just fat, isn't it? So it is a bit like suet. But exactly. Do you, do you um, leave have stuff out for songbirds and yeah so that's kind of like the other end of the kind of scale of wildlife is yeah. oh, we've, we've been talking about all this stuff, tiny, tiny things, things that you can yeah. barely see but of course there is this amazing food chain going yeah. on hopefully in your garden you know so you've you've got mammals and you've got birds coming in and of course they they don't generally hibernate okay now a hedgehog is a mammal and yeah. it will hibernate hopefully in a kind of great big pile yeah. of leaves but birds they'll either they'll either have gone by now yeah. Um, or indeed, we'll have the new wave coming in oh, from okay. the continent or from Scandinavia. They come to the UK. Yeah. Birds will come across. Even things like blackbirds. Some yeah. will. Some will. Some will go, and some will come from Scandinavia, and they'll come into our gardens and they'll okay. eat all winter if they possibly can. If they can, yeah. Because you know it's a much tougher time, obviously. So they're looking for things like buried plants, right? Um, and they'll happily fall on any kind of peanuts or fat that you put out for them. Yeah. So maybe put a few little extra bits out, but the, but I guess the message is plant. Plant things that they can have a little pick at. Yeah, well. that's. I mean, that's the real key. Is actually yeah. you're making habitats and sort of feeding stations yeah. for wildlife, and particularly for birds. Yeah. They want cover of things like hedges yeah. or trees. So again, hopefully that apple tree that you plant is all part of the cycle. It's giving giving birds an amazing place to sort of hibernate or to hi- not to hibernate to hide rather, yeah. uh, while they kind of keep away from the local cats. Yeah, uh, and, and then my yes, dog. Sorry. Uh, do you know they're less bothered about dogs? Yeah, I know. Actually, my Most dog's, dogs not, Yeah, he, he likes squirrels, but he's not bothered about birds. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, that tree then is providing you with a feeding station so you can hang your feeder on Love it. it. So, yeah. so, yeah, from summer into winter, you're thinking about different types of yeah. bird food and you're moving towards higher fat content. So, yeah, you're putting out... Peanuts is a great thing to put out now. Yeah. You wouldn't put those out in the springtime when bird, young them, birds no. are fledging, but you would put them out now for energy. Yeah. Um, and the fat balls... Uh, yeah, so you can buy balls. these sort of suet balls. Yeah. Um, I think you can even buy sort of vegetarian ones now. Um, so you don't have to just have kind of, yeah. um, have, have kind of bacon. Um, 
It's a good point. I don't know if there are any vegan fat balls. I'm going to go and search that out, actually. Um, yeah, I think. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so I don't, um, know, I don't know what you do if I you're like, vegan. I, like but the, I mean, the message there is it's it's kind of more like conservation. It's more the way we're thinking now, sustainably. We're not, we're not like throwing down loads of weed killer and stripping our gardens. We're leaving things to naturally sort of rot, ferment, and then using them in the garden again. And in, at the same time, giving shelter to like creatures that need to be there for the garden's health as well. So it's a great message. Exactly. It's this kind of whole 360 degree yeah. view of gardening and uh, it's absolutely the way gardening is going. And you know, we have to go that way yeah. because it's just good. We've lost so many creatures from our planet. Yeah, yeah. You know, British wildlife really is suffering and actually gardens hold a key, yeah. one of the keys to, to their future survival. They're all like little micro... Um, climates, aren't they? Exactly. For, for them, yeah, for whatever plants they've got in there. That's right. And it's, you think about it like a network effect of gardens all coming together. So even though you can't provide everything... You can provide a little bit. Provide yeah. a little bit and, and that'll be kind of that creature leapfrogging from one to the next or yeah. going under fences or whatever. So... And winter's as important as yeah. it is in summer for yeah. you to provide, you know, food and shelter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm now really passionate about making sure you provide something. And the most important thing probably for the other really key... Uh, at-risk species, which are lots and lots of different types of bees, solitary yeah. bees. Of course, we all want to care for bumblebees as well as honeybees. They, bumblebees in particular will fly through the winter. So wow. you may be lucky enough through the winter months on a warmer day to hear that kind of lovely yeah, buzz, buzz of a bumblebee. Yeah. So the key thing is to provide as many flowers as possible. Yeah. And in the winter, it's harder to get that from, you know, your standard sort of perennials. So it's shrubs, shrubs are oh, what provide the colour. Okay. Uh, and and the, the absolute classic plant for um, wildlife survival through the winter is the mahonia. Mahonia. Which is a real, it's a real old stalwart <laughs> plant you see in is lots it? of front gardens. Nice. Um, but it's a real robust plant. But their flowers are, you know, out for so long. Oh, wow. They support so much that. wildlife. Cool. Um, and of course, a lot of winter flowers are also really highly scented. So it does us it's lots of good, well. too. Yeah, and, and it gives us that, again, that flash of colour that's just going to lift yeah. us on a thingy day. I mean, I love witch hazels, and they've got this lovely... They look like little kind of tan, peeled tangerines, Amazing. tiny little... Tan, and they've got this lovely scent. And, of course, that's that's all for attracting sort of moths and attracting insects and so on. But it's great for us, too, because you can smell yeah. all this lovely stuff. So much inspiration there for the winter garden. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us, Lucy. And um, I know that you've got... Um, You've got your December issue coming out soon in November and it's you've got this fantastic year planner which you've just gifted to me which yeah. gives you tips for all year and gardenersworld.com, fantastic amount of information on there for anyone who's thinking about anything we've talked about today. But um, will you come back again? Soon? Oh, happily. So I want to hear all about what, what plants, will, what apples you put in, uh, you know, how your raspberries yeah, are doing. I'll tell you all about it. I'll be sending you regular emails, don't worry. And I'm going to need some recipes from you for all of my roots. Okay, because my 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 root veg I'll tell you what I've got a glut of at the moment and I've got to pick it all before the frost is charred charred we've got loads of recipes on <gasps> olivemagazine.com lovely gotcha <laughs> thank you so much Lucy thanks very much so that was the Olive Magazine podcast if you like this episode please review and rate us we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com you can still pick up a copy of our November issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.